Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Controls and Couches. Neat. I am one part of the duo, uh, Full Metal Chicken. And I am Steph. Fafa. <laughs> and together we are Controllers and Couches. Um, in case you are a first time listener, this is episode 43, which means you have 42 episodes to catch up on. Um, <laughs> if you so wish. If you so wish, otherwise you can just wait till next week when it's <laughs> 44. 44. Um, and it doesn't matter which way you look at it, it'll still be 44. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and if you're here for a specific section of the podcast, all timestamps shall be in the description. Yes, they will. So if you want to jump ahead or re-listen to something, um, you know where to go. Absolutely. Bounce back. So, um, yeah, not too bad. Just, you know, had some downtime from work, but it's just nothing but editing and Call of Duty. Yes. How yeah. is that going for you? Um, well, I'm currently on 117, so I've got to get to 155 by the end of the week. Not the 30, 20, like 20 something days? Yeah, something like that. So by the end of the week. Um, and then how do you go from seven days to 20 days that's a long expansion it is it is a long expansion so um but yeah now apart from that it's just nothing but lag i i just i'm I'm, i've just decided to be running an lmg not like no tactical no 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 tactics just lmg brain off sit in a corner run around hip fire that's it but uh yeah and yourself yeah. Well, you're a bit bitter, so why don't you no, talk yeah, about it? No, yeah, max prestige, max freaking everything, yeah, you know. I'm sorry, is it supposed to be hard? Well, apparently for me it is, yeah. <laughs> um, I've, because they extended the double XP for the next couple of days. Well, it would have been over by the time you guys are probably listening to this. Um, but, uh, yeah, they extended it because of everything running quite slowly and people weren't happy, and rightly so. Everything has just been really jinky yeah on their really, end really jinky and they've been really unhappy about it because they'd have to pay they've been playing their devs to obviously patch that up and it hasn't been done and, no it hasn't um if you want more in-depth stuff please go to jev face jev he talks about it pretty much every single day yeah but um i decided while well, it was double x oh well originally i decided i think it was thursday or was it wednesday I think it was Wednesday last week. Yeah. And I decided, you know, know what? Oh, no, Obsidian came out. Yes. The Obsidian patch came out really late. Or early, I should say, for us, but later than it normally would in the afternoon for us. Yeah. Because um, it comes out, it came at 11 p.m. On, for the U.S. And that's Way when all the stuff comes. So um, it came out later in the day, I should say. And then so <laughs> we wasted 18 hours waiting for that update, and then I watched Jev, and then he spoke about Obsidian, and then I was like, you know what, stuff Damascus, I'll grind for Obsidian, and then so I, within 24 hours, <laughs> had completely picked up this weapon I hadn't used before, unlocked all the cameras and challenges, got it to the max level, and did the, um, what is it, the 115, 150, 15 kills, yep. and... Done. You came home Done. the next day. I had a checklist. It was all professional. Um, if you guys want a checklist for Damascus, because I think I want to start running that challenge, if you go onto um, the Modern Warfare Reddit page, some person called Che 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 Chez um, posted the weapon camo challenges to unlock Damascus. So the full list 
of weapons and tasks you need to do. Um, make sure you consult that list because the DLC guns, if you're not familiar with which ones are the DLC guns, they're not actually included in the Damascus run. Obviously, you need to complete them in order to get the platinum for the classes. Yep. And if you're a true completionist and you want to go back and get gold and platinum and Damascus for it in the end, because you can get Damascus for those guns, Yep. Um, I believe. It's just they don't count towards the Damascus challenge to unlock Damascus for everything else. Because, like, you're flying through that. Not necessarily, but um, I did get, I think, in the first... Over the weekend, I did unlock all the SMGs to max level. Um, but my MP7s are completely done, obviously, except for Damascus, because I have to do the whole of the class. Uh, my appealer launcher, I just have to get, I think, 20 more vehicle kills. Um, I have done all the assault rifles, well, the original assault rifles, except for the FAL and the FR 5.56, because I don't like single-fire weapons right now. So I want to do the sniper rifles and the marksman rifles and then jump back into it, because I feel like I'll have some more practice. Yep. So I've decided to pick up with the shotties, and I'm almost done with the first one, which is the 680. Awesome. So I'm going to do the shotties. I'm not sure if I want to do the LMGs and then the sniper rifles or the handguns, but we're just going to see how we go on the day. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. And I've just been sitting there with a highlighter and highlighting off the stuff as I go through them and checking off because I'm a very visual person. Yeah, that's... Literally Pretty just much been it. smashing it out. Well, even the people, like, our friends that we play with, they were like, oh, and I'm like, oh, guys, look at this gun that I just picked up off the floor. Just and they're like, it. oh, my God, where'd you find that? I didn't know you could pick up guns off the floor when we spawned in. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I didn't. I This is my obsidian. And then they were like, whoa, Luke. you got that real quick. Yes. And then, yeah, so I was the first one in the group to get it. Awesome. They have Damascus, so it's nothing special, but. But still, it was a it was grind cool. to get it. So, yeah, you know, you you worked your ass off for it. It took some time, not as long as I thought it was going to take, but it did do it. And to put it in perspective, I haven't really cared about playing completionist on Call of Duty since Black Ops Two. No. So it's been a while. You haven't played um, it. Been playing strategic and all that sort of stuff. And if anyone, you actually told me this. What's your tip for um, mounted kills again? Just use a shield. Like there's a upgrade. barrier that you can just use and drop that and then pretty much just go nuts yeah. on that. And then you can mount your weapon on it and then straight away, not straight away, but um, yeah, you can help yourself out a little bit easier. Exactly. And it will make it a lot easier. A hundred percent. All right. Um, any other life updates? Uh, no, I've just been doing a lot of uh, Photoshop. Um, I've been... Celebrating May the 4th. May the 4th. And if you've seen on Facebook, Facebook gives you an ability to do, well, 3D images. So essentially what you do is you can upload an image or a, really? comp a composite um, with a depth layer. And then what it does, it will um, make the, you know, the 3D image. So that's been, you know, fun and games. But, joyful, uh, joyful. Yeah. Mori tried to break my toe last week. How? I t you saw the bruise. What do you mean, how? So basically, um, she wanted to be picked up, but I was closing all the curtains in the house because it was getting to the evening. And if you don't know, we're moving closer to winter at the moment. So we're almost halfway through autumn. And she wanted to be picked up. And I was walking around her 
And then she skittled because she got upset and she wanted to move to where she knew I was going to to close the curtain so I could pick her up from that, you know, drop zone. Yep. From that rendezvous point. And because she skittled, I didn't want to step on her. So I stepped to the side and then I whacked my toe in the little rise that we have near our wall heater. Like uh, it's embedded in the wall. And um, I, for four minutes, thought I had actually broken my toe because I couldn't bend it. Um, And then it just turned out to be very, very bruised. Really badly bruised. For a week. But it's okay now. No pain. No gain. No bruise. Nothing. No bruise. Nothing. And Moz was just, you know... No problems. No she got a cuddles whatsoever. at the end. Yeah. But uh, still, it was a decent whack. You weren't even home. I know. You didn't even hear it. I know. But, it's beautiful. Know, it was nasty. <laughs> Literally nasty. <laughs> Thanks. It's like, you know, talk about towing the line. Oh, you're so punny. Yeah. Talking about towing the line, Stephanie Meyer announced her... Well, first off, she, this woman... If you don't know, she's the author of the Twilight series and the host and the chemist. And she decided that she was going to put a timer on her webpage. And when I found out, I obviously freaked out, showed you, uh, set alarms on my phone and we were good to go. And then the time came and it was 10.25pm and there were four minutes left. So I, you know, had my phone screen recording because if it was what I thought everyone thought it was going to be Midnight Sun and then the closer to the deadline people were like you know what let's not get too excited she's hurt us before we don't you know it could be the sequel to the host it could be something completely different she could be adapting another movie because she has a Fickle Fish Films um, production house let's not get too excited and then the website just crashed all gone. There was no no word for anything for five minutes. And then she had obviously pre-recorded something for GMA, Good Morning America. And they uploaded that to Twitter. And then that's how it was announced to the world that it's now Edward's turn. So on the 4th of August 2020, Midnight Sun is going to be released to the world. I made you call our bookstore <laughs> pretending to be me. Yep. And I just said... I need you to call the bookstore. This is the ISBN you need to give them. This is our membership ID. And I need you to pre-order me a copy. Because I, I, I just couldn't do it, right? And then, so you were like, oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. I'll ask them to pre-order a copy. So you call. And then you say, hi, I'd like to place an online order. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then she's like, um, this isn't the online way to do that. You have to go online. And then you were like, oh, I'm sorry. And you were about to hang up. And I'm like, no, you need to pre-order this book. You're not putting an online order through because I want to have it on the day. And then you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. This is it. And then you wanted to give her phone numbers. I'm like, no, it's attached to the membership card. Give the poor girl the membership ID. And then bottom line is I probably should have just done it myself. But I have secured my copy. Yep. Well done. Thank you. It's in the ether now. <laughs> I hope so. And then didn't they tell you that it's heavily embargoed? Yeah. And which is fair enough because this has been leaked before already, the first like sixth of the book. Yep. 
So essentially she made it sound like the books are going to be in the stores in the next couple of months and they, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, but they won't be. I wonder if they're going to put out advanced reader copies to NetGalley people or if one day it's just going to be out on the shelves and they're going to call everyone that's pre-ordered. I reckon they'll just end up pre-ordering the, the list, go, okay, oh, sorry, you know, prioritising the pre-order list and then calling people going, okay, well, it's here. So, and it took UBD forever. It took them an extra 12 hours to get it on their website. And I was literally, no joke, refreshing every 10 minutes. And then it came up and I, I just couldn't deal with it. I was literally in another dimension. Um, <laughs> and so I asked you to do it for me. And my brother was giving, hi James, my brother was giving me shit and he was like, um, borrow it, get someone like the library to buy it for you and you borrow it through the library. And I was like, in the middle of a pandemic, buddy. Sounds like sage advice. Very sage advice. But, and um, I'm sorry, it's, what, it's like my favourite book series of all time, so I was not going to get it. But, yeah, okay, that's it for The Twilight. Oh, and I wanted to say, I actually tweeted, only Stephanie Meyer would announce this on this, the most sacred Star Wars day. Yeah, it wasn't like it was May the 4th or anything, but, no, you know. only she would interject on May the 4th. Yeah, so destroy Star Wars Day. Um, and yeah. also on that note... Apparently, Baby Yoda has surpassed Darth Vader as the the favorite um, character. Baby Yoda, baby, so, baby uh, Yoda. Yeah. Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going on that Baby Yoda earring rant. Yeah, go for, for five it. minutes. All right. So there's this girl. You know, it's like all support small businesses, support Australian businesses. Um, she had actually paid to promote on. For the day before Star Wars Day, you know, you can do the Instagram, you pay promotion. Yeah. But she's a small store, and she had Baby Yoda earrings, and they looked to be really good quality. So, nowhere on her website did it say that it was nickel-free. And so, I posted on her Instagram and said, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. I can imagine you're super busy, because um, you're going to get extra orders coming in today. But I just wanted to ask, are your earrings nickel-free? Like, are they sterling silver? You know, what's the tea? And then, she's like, oh, no. They're wood. And then I've gone, what? He said, I didn't say that. And then 10 minutes later, she had updated her um, listings to describe more accurately what the product was. Because looking at it, it looked like it was an enamel. You know you get enamel pins? It looked like it was an enamel earring, but it looked like it was silver backing, so I wasn't sure. And then she was like, oh, no, it, it's, you know, this is wood printed on wood with an acrylic paint uh, mounted onto, and I can't remember what the rest of it was. And then I'm like, it wasn't sealed. Like, you know how you need to cure it, like in resin or something? Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. And I'm not trying to be rude, but do you know how much bacteria will get into A that ton. wood? And it would just and absorb it And it's your ears, it and it's like your, oh... I physically have to make myself once a week take my earrings out for two days on a Friday night to otherwise you forget that they're in your ears because they've been in your ears like literally almost my whole life T minus five weeks yeah. otherwise I get conf- like I forget that they're in there and I need to clean them out otherwise you know how they smell really gross and stuff yeah. and I can't deal with that really so I just take bad. them out and wash them and change the backings once every couple of months yeah. and that's it which is what you got to do yeah and like we're talking about piercings that have been used for over literally twenty seven years at this point, but I it's just I don't know I like to make sure that they're clean. Yeah. You know, 
know. Which they've got to be. Because otherwise you just, you know, get really, you know. <laughs> like, I get they're not supposed to be worn day in, day out, but still. You want to kind of take a, a break from it for your ears to not be, you know, dealing with all the, the crap. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, are we doing quiz? Sure, unless there's uh, anything else. We're going to get into it a bit later, okay. I think. Yeah, we're going to get into it a bit later. Yeah, also, oh, no. we watched uh, a TV... Uh, sorry, yeah. We're getting into it later. Okay. We'll yep. do that in the show component, buddy. No dramas. Thanks, bro. Cool. All but... right. Quiz time. Quiz time. Okay, crank it out. How many of these potato dishes have you tried? Okie dokie, let's crank this out. And you'll be very happy. I specifically selected this quiz not only because of the potato reference, but also because they have labels for each mm, image. Labels... Okay, so check every potato dish you've tried. Mashed potatoes? Never, no. No, never. Um, Yes. (laughs) French fries? Those aren't French fries, though. Yeah, they're French fries, sort of. But they're, they're, you know, herbies on them. Uh, Potato chips? Never. We've never had chips before. Tater tots. Tater tots. My mum used to call them something different. Golden gem? Golden gems. Is, I think. Um, Then you've got home fries. Yeah, which is... Close to wedges, to be honest. Yeah, baked potatoes. Yeah, uh, latkes. Yeah. I can't remember. If I can't remember, I can't select it. Um, potatoes au gratin. Which is baked potato. Or yep. scalloped potato. Yep. Then we've got oh, aloo gobi. No. Yeah, done that one. Uh, potato salad. Yeah, Yep, not done a fan. that one. Potato soup. Yep, done not that a one. Fan. Uh, waffle fries. Yep, yep, done them. Then we've got hash browns. Yeet. Yep. Potato hummus. Yep. No. Uh, gnocchi. Potato gnocchi. Every day I'm yep. gnocchiing. <laughs> potato uh, pierogies. Yep. No. Done them. Uh, then we've got potato casserole. Yep. Is that like shepherd's pie? Different. No. Uh, but close. Okay. Um, then you've got roasty. No. Yep. Done that. Uh, curly fries. Yep. Yep. Um, then we've got poutine. Poutine. More poutine. Yeah, poutine. I haven't. Yep, done that. Uh, potato croquettes. Yeet. Done that. Uh, Hasselback potatoes. I haven't, no. Done them. Um, it's sort of like another version of potatoes on a stick, only without stick. Yep. Uh, then we've got potato rolls. Nope. Yep. Um, sag aloo. Nope. I may have tried that in the past, I think, so I'm put that as yes. Shepherd's pie. I want to make some shepherd's pie now. Yeah, I feel like shepherd's pie. I should go get the stuff for it and we should... <laughs> Do it. Um, Squidalia. No. Yeah, I've done that like just for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> potato empanadas. No. Yeah, done that. Um, tortilla española. No. Yep, done that. Uh, col col cannon. No. Absolutely. Wait, have you made col cannon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I made years ago. Yeah, I made your col cannon. And when I say you made it, you made literally four kilos. Of coal cannon. And then we ate it over the course of months. A month, yeah. I made a shit ton of coal cannon. Because um, you completely didn't understand volume. No, yeah, I kind of went a little bit OP. Instead of putting like, oh, one potato of this type, one potato of that type, <sighs> you put in like six potatoes of each type, yeah. and then we ended up with like an actual vat I went of nuts. mashed potato, of literally every single type of potato that any supermarket had, Yeah. and then that's all we ate. We had to freeze it, defrost it. It wasn't it was, a good time. No, we made a shit ton. 
Um, then we've got potato buns. No. Uh, crinkle fries. Yes. Yep. Uh, potato frittata. No. Yep. You can put spinach and stuff in it. Um, potato daffinoir. No. Yep, done that. Uh, potato bravas. No. Yep, done that. Uh, potato puffs. Yep. Yep. Uh, potato crab cakes. Yep. Nope. Um, then you've got shoestring fries. Yep. Shoestring fries, yep. Uh, potato dumplings, of course. Is that just Baby potatoes. Potato? Yeah, potentially. Yep. Um, put some, you know, chives or parsley on top of them. Yep. Um, potato moussaka. Yep. Yep. Uh, bubble and squeak. Shit tons of bubble and squeak. I don't even know what that is. Basically, it's where you just, you know, put veg in mashed potato and then you fry it. Why is it called bubble and squeak? Because it bubbles and squeaks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Artiste. Uh, potato stir fry. No. Um, potato scones. No. Yeah. Okay, let's see how hardcore we are. Okay. I got 42 out of 42. I'm a of potato expert. You're a constant consumer of the world's greatest carb, and as such, you are doing life exactly right. I have no words of advice for you. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing. You're an inspiration to us all. Damn straight, I'm the potato man. I'm a potato fan. I checked 19 out of 42 on the list. I've experienced a good range of what potatoes have to offer still, and I hate to say it, I'm not living up to my full potential as a potato consumer. I need to get it back out there and try some new dishes. Yeah, I feel like shepherd's pie now. I know. My sex-determining chromosome donor's maternal donor, um, she used to make... I could be remembering it wrong, but um, she used to make shepherd's pie and it used to be bomb. And when she put the potato on top, you knew about it. There was a generous amount of potato on top. And see, what some people do is some people will either put... Um, like a drizzle of oil on top, or what they do is they get melted butter and they brush and it on. Yeah. Bechamel sauce. Yeah. Yeah, bechamel. Yeah. Yep. So. Nom, 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 um, and it was written by Joe Russo. It's a Netflix... Yes. Um, exclusive... What's it called? A Netflix original? Yep. Yeah. And it's actually based on a graphic novel, um, Claudard, um, by, you know... Someone. And, yeah, by Andrew Parks. Ande. Ande Parks, sorry. Um, so essentially, it's received mixed reviews. I enjoyed it. He essentially is a former SASR, um... Soldier. Operative. Yeah, so essentially he's... A big boy. A mercenary. So essentially what happens... Like, not given any spoilers or anything, so he's... If you've seen Actor Vella... It's like it's that. It's like that, but instead of going after a middle-aged woman, they go after a young Indian boy whose dad's some crime mob boss. Yeah, Indians. And he... Biggest drug lord. And um, he's incarcerated. He ends up getting kidnapped, and so the idea is that they end up getting... I was going to say Liam Hemsworth, but Liam Hemsworth's brother Thor to obviously extract him. Yeah. And it ends up being a fight through the city. And will he get him out or will everyone perish? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, that was a good good watch. Some of the some of the fight scenes were really well choreographed, i got to say, because yeah. we were watching a lot of neck breaks. Like, really. 
and there was the there's one bit in the movie it's about probably two thirds of the way through they're in a street fight with some kids and I'm not going to say fight. anything else <sighs> but you watch it and essentially he just slaps them around that's it it's hilarious in that sense where you just kind of go meh um, but definitely worth a watch um, I think there might be a sequel to it so and yeah lift it open apparently so. I give it about seven out of ten yeah it was a solid I was reading while you were watching it, so I was like just there for the main parts. Um, so I'd give it about a five, to be honest. No disrespect, but if that's what you want to watch, please watch Activella. Yeah. People give a lot of shit to Activella, but I don't see it. Um, so yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. We don't watch any TV shows. Oh, we're rewatching Teen Wolf. Yeah. At the moment. Because our stand free month is coming to an end and I already cancelled it so I don't have to pay because no one's watching it anyway. Yeah, it's all um, bye-bye. You can obviously re-up at any time you want because your account is technically still there. Yeah. But if no one's watching it, I'm not going to pay no. money for a service we're not using, if that m- makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I even cancelled my... Um, the Microsoft Game Pass for the moment because I'm dedicated to Call of Duty right now. Yeah, so like, if I get bored of COD, you can easily re-up your Game Pass subscription. Um, I've got like 10 days left, but it won't be only a bit again. Like it'll let me access the games for the rest of it. Because I want to play um, season two of Life is Strange and I'm about an hour into episode one. So I'm yeah. in it, but I just haven't been playing. So I'm not going to pay for a service I ain't using right now. No, just and like... again, I got it for free. So... The service was about to start charging, and I was like, "Aha, I'm out of here." Yep, it's all bye bye. Yep. So. Um, Anything else? Uh, essentially, it's the uh, we've been doing the whole ten year anniversary world of tanks. So, uh, last night I jumped on had a bit of a play with the clan, um, and we were doing like a, this regiment thing where you go up against bots, like bots. really hard bots. Um, Bosses. And I, I do believe that one of the comments I made during the game is like, "Is there a way we can report the bots?" That's how bad <laughs> I was doing. So. Yeah, that was... I was... Oh, sorry. While you were um, on the topic of bots, I started, as I said, the uh, 680 shotgun last night. And obviously, I the way I like to unlock the challenges is I try to get the gun to as high level as you can to get it to the um, no attachments camos. Yeah. Because it's a lot easier to play the gun with no attachments, no perks... And then once you've unlocked that challenge and that camo, you can add camo, so you can add attachments back to it, because otherwise it's just annoying, yeah. and you get so used to having the attachments there. And so it was literally less than level one, <laughs> right? It was a startup gun, hadn't used it before. And then some guy was like, oh my god, this cunt just sniped me across the map with their shotgun. And I was like, "Um, at the lobby... At the end of the lobby, I was like, I'm sorry, dude. Literally, um, I can show you my Obsidian MP7. I've never played with this shotgun or a shotgun class before. Yeah, Apart it was... from gun game. So it, it's not... I'm not modding. You no. have to be doing a lot better than 23 kills to but be modding. But you've been getting some real shit lately just from gamers. Like, it's... Some of the stuff I've been hearing is just a joke, you know... Like, really, really bad. When we're playing with the friends, I 
put my headphones in and I'll, I'll talk to them. Yeah. But if it's just during the day or nights where we're not all playing together, I don't put my headphones in because then I'm tempted to actually say, fuck off. Because yeah. I did that a couple of times. And then one guy was literally like, I'm going to find out where you live and stab you in your ovaries. Yeah, that was and I was like, please calm ahead, you know, that's fine. And then I found his, because um, you can go to people's, what do they call it? The Xbox gamer profile. And some dickheads put in their full name. And so I found this kid because it was a unique name. And he says where he lives on his gamer profile. So I found him. I found his mother. And then I messaged his mother. And then his mother was like, I am so sorry. I will talk this out with him. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. And I just blocked a lot of them. Because I was like, this isn't anything. Yeah. Um, and I obviously made a burner account to do it. Oh, yeah. But she didn't need to know that. Um, it is what it is. But there's... Um... Some scary people out there. And there's always this one... Like, they're always a clan. Right? A group of mates. And then you say something because you'll be talking with your friends late at night. And then they'll be like, there's one guy that's like, it's a girl. And then one of them is always like, ah! Yeah, they freak out. And then you just go, child, please. Have you not spoken to a member of the opposite gender yet? They just have no clue. They, they can't English. Stupid. But when you hear them scream, like at the top of their lungs, like, oh, you know. Oh, can you add me? Let's be friends. Oh, let's one be friends. One for one. There was a 12-year-old boy last week, I swear, because I asked him how old he was. And he was like, let's 1v1. Oh, why are you capping B? And it's like, because that's how you play objective. And then I ran and pushed C. And then he's like, oh, but then we're going to lose A. And then you go, sweetie, I don't know if you've played this game for a long time. No disrespect. But you get points from capping. So if they recap A, I will push A, I will recap A, I will get the cap points, and we'll back, be back in the blue. Yeah. What are you worried about? I mean, oh. I remember playing a game of Rust, and there was these two guys that were camping up the back of the mat in the sand, and I just happened to get really fed up with them because they they kept putting the machine gun turrets in front of me when I was yeah. trying to get achievements and shit. So I said to one of them, it's like, mate... Unless you're building sand castles, can you just bugger off and do something else? And then, you know, this guy is just he going... Went off. He went off. And you just kind of go... You hear, like, the occasional chuckle, like, <laughs> you know, in the background. You kind of go, oh, well, I please someone. But, you know, the thing is, like, you see people running around, and we were watching Jev, and he was showing the footage of that modder that yeah. had the... Snap lock. Yeah, mod. snap lock. And also... So, basically, the... if you aim, you could be shooting... Literally behind you, but the camp, the mod will pan you around and lock in to shoot this person. Yeah, and also the snake shot. Pistols, yeah. So, you know what uh, pisses me off right now? Everyone's doing the right shield while it's double XP to get Damascus. And they get so shitty when you and destroy literally, them. Literally, I don't even bother shooting them anymore because it's not like the other right shields where the right shields take damage yeah. in previous installments. They are so And so they crack, and you could tell. Um, so if you're trying to get Damascus, I would suggest you jump on the riot shields now before yeah. that stuff gets nerfed. Yeah. Um, because once it gets nerfed, but it's they take... were being so annoying and they're being so fucking disrespectful and rude and they were trying to like spawn camp us and they were talking mad trash. Yeah. So all I did was put a Molotov cocktail on and I was launching this stuff and I would deliberately like 
kill myself on game yeah. to respawn with the Molotov cocktail. And I just throw it at them. And they rage. They rage. And they literally, the whole clan, four of them, pulled out of the match. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And it's funny too because you run Thermite, you run the Smoke, and then you just run a Thermal NVG. And essentially, yep. no what dramas. What else are they going to do? But um, some of the actual realistic... Uh, gameplay it's fun when you go in there but you've got a scope that is not compatible with night vision goggles and you know what pisses me off about the riot shield have you seen how and knife have you seen how little kills you need to make yeah 200 kills to get unlock the complete spray paint collection 50 while you're injured you have to kill 50 enemies to unlock woodland 50 kills from behind 30 dead silence 50 crouching, 25 double kills, 50 near smoke, 10 buzz kills, 25 finishing... What's a finishing kill? Finishing kills when you walk up behind them holding right thumbstick down. You know how you go oh, up and... with a riot shield. Yeah, you, you assassinate kill. them. It's like you just walk okay. up and assassinate them. Yeah. And 25 three-kill streaks. Yeah. As opposed to, let's go to, for example, an SMG... And those 50 headshots have to be 100. And yeah. everything is doubled. And something's tripled. Over tripled. Like really, What's really What's the tripled. point? You can get your riot shield done. Yeah. I might actually do that then. Do it before now. Before it gets nerfed. Yeah. Because once it gets nerfed... It's all over Red Rover. It's all over Red Rover. And once shipment's gone... Shipment's something you can just switch your brain off. And if you don't... Like, if you lose, you don't care because you've gotten so much unlocked. And you're doing so much completion. Yeah. Um, I suppose we should move on to other things in the news. And this week, um, the Pentagon finally admitted, well, they released the... We already had this footage two years ago. Yeah. So I don't know why people were panicking. But they're trying to do it really subtle while everyone's at home and other shit is going on. So that way people don't panic about it. But the Pentagon admitted that they had no idea what these unidentified flying phenomena... Is that what they're called now? Yeah. UFPs? Yeah, UFPs. I think UFPs. as opposed to UFOs. Um, so basically, there's a ton of footage, or there's two separate videos that you can watch out there that's shot by fighter pilots. And from what I can understand, and from what I know, um, there is no uh, vehicle, what would you even call it, aircraft, that can, without... Moving backwards, forwards, up, down, right? Rotate, whether it be 100 degrees, 180 degrees, 360 degrees. So imagine like an aircraft, like a a Qantas plane. Yeah. That moves because the engine is projecting it forward. So sure, it can like um, bank to the left, bank to the right, pull up, dive, that kind of thing. Yeah. You can do that. This shit was stationary in the air and it was... Rotating, like so, it wasn't moving forward, back, up, down, diagonally, nothing. Yeah. But it was rotating. We don't have any any equipment that we're aware of. Yeah. That has been declassified. That is in operation. That we're aware of that does that. The only thing that is close is the Harrier, because it has um, an engine that sits. Well, it's like it's got yeah, the engine still, in the middle and it goes still up and it can need turn. to generate power and thrust. thrust yeah. And torque. To suspend the machine to do that. This isn't moving. So how do you... It's hovering and turning. You you look at... A helicopter 
You have to give it the gas. So what's generating lift force? Well, that's the thing. They say they've got some anti-gravity. Yeah, thing. because it's silent engines. It was running cold. They have no idea what it was. That's why it's an unidentified flying phenomena. Yeah. So um, you know, when air moves faster, the pressure of the air decreases. So obviously, if you're not moving, how how are you moving? Yeah. How are you rotating? So essentially, the only thing you go, okay, well, there's like if you're stationary, there's still air that is moving over the wings. However, it's not moving fast enough. That's where we go, you know, pushing into like scramjets. Yes, but it's the it's the the aircraft moving, not yeah. something else causing it to move. Does that make sense? Exactly. Because yeah. the I don't know, like. You can do cool shit in a fighter jet, but you can't hover and you can't turn while you're stationary. No. The only thing that allows you to hover is a helicopter. And even that, not all of them allow you to spin upside down. No. And the ones that can, you have to put so much guts in it oh, yeah, to you get need to it give to it. do that. And you risk the integrity of oh, the yeah. aircraft when you do it. I mean, look, From what I understand. Look at the SR-71 and the SR-72 prototype. It's essentially a case of the more force you apply to a object, at what point does the structural integrity break down? And that's really a case of just one, I suppose, engineering, but also, you know, how fast are you pushing this thing, you know? Some of and also too looking at the speed at which this thing is pumping. It's it was out of there like a blink of an eye. It was there and then it was gone. Yeah, that's it. It literally just went straight up. It just boom gone. It rotated and then it just went. Yeah, it just flew. What's the name of the helicopter model Apache. that they do weird shit in for like Red Bull Air Force stuff? What's that helicopter? Like they can fly upside down, but they have to like. Is it rotors? Yeah. They have to generate the thrust well, through the rotors the, to suspend The Apache has a double way. rotor. Yeah, well, so, also, the Apache is an absolute war horse. Uh, yeah. And he's thus named. And technically, an Apache could beat an F-22. Technically. If you gutted it. Mm, no. To wait, to make because it, if you took all the, gun the maneuverability down, of yeah. an Apache out, you know, outranks. But it's a different... Because the aircraft. Apache can literally, you know... It's a different aircraft. It's pitching yaw is literally... How heavy is it, though, without oh. any men, but mounted, like, 50 cals, gunship mode? Like, gunship mode, how heavy is it? I don't know. I'll find out for you. We're talking, like, 10, 15 tons? It'd be around that mark. It'd be in the tons. Because um, they got minimum two, right? Because they've got to be balanced. It depends what they're... So an Apache, a Boeing AH AH-64 Apache, um, empty weight is 5,165 kilograms. So that's just over five ton. Um, And essentially, I suppose, gross weight is eight ton. Right on. And that would include people and equipment. Yeah. So no, that's 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 max. So um, them some rotors, buddy. They are, and it's crazy. Now also, the F twenty two Raptor is 
43,430 pounds. So already... What's pounds in that way to kilos, though? We have to account for that. Yeah, well, to give you an idea, the Apache is 11,390. So it's nearly four times heavier. Yeah. So the... they're for different... They're for different combat situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, you sort of... You've got the... It's got a top speed of 227 miles per hour. It's got... The total weight. I'm gonna be in Sydney for dinner. And it's got a range of 296 miles. How much miles. does an Apache cost? Can you buy it as a private owner? Okay, so the unit cost is anywhere between 20 million, and this is in 200, uh, 2007, yeah. and 35.5 million in 2014. US. Money, US. Obviously. It's got a turboshaft engine. And it was introduced in 1986. Whereas the F-22 Raptor has a top speed of 1,500 miles per hour, has a range of 1,839 miles. Um, it was released in 2005. Um, but and, hasn't it since been... Oh, yeah, there's new stuff coming out. Um, so what's the Blackbird replacement then? What did they replace the Blackbird with? Well... The SR-72 yeah. prototype is essentially a drone. No, there's one that people could fly in and they could circumnavigate the Earth in like less than 12 That's SR-71. Yeah, but they replaced that with something. Um, the, the drone. Man, I... drones. I want to be up... I, I, it says a woman who hates flights and the woman who gets severe air pressure when she's flying. Even though she's only taken eight flights in her life, none of which were hers in person, it was all the family bullshit. She's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'd love to be in a flight with my woman. But still, I think... Oh, come on, dude. But how big are drones in comparison to an aircraft vehicle? Well, essentially... They're huge, aren't they? No, they're about the same size. What, I mean, an F-22... Um, they're about the same size. The only thing is... They have to carry sometimes missiles and other stuff. Yeah, I mean... And they got the camera wear. They do have the camera air, but... Camera wear. Camera wear, yeah. They've got the camera wear, but it essentially stems out of the studies of the Northrop Grumman. Um, because that thing is freaking crazy. The Northrop Grumman... Um, RQ-180 essentially is a drone but it looks like a B-2 now the other thing is think of like a a triangle it literally looks like a triangle it doesn't have any rear you know fins or anything all it's got is the two wing it looks like a boomerang it looks like essentially double like twin engine like twin you know engines I suppose you could say um, and it's essentially a UAV. That's what it is. Unmanned aerial vehicle. So essentially this thing takes off and lands on its own. And it acts and looks. When you say, like, does someone just press a button and it goes and it's programmed to do what it needs to do? And then people just watch the footage? Or is someone there with a joystick flying it? Um, I'm assuming there'd be some manual operation. Um, however... It'd be a case of... Uh, it's and who makes military UAVs? Military UF, UAVs? Yeah. Um, Northrop Grumman. Um, yeah, that, like the 
the U.S. Air Force primarily operates aircraft manufactured out of Northrop Grumman. Um, but it's more a case of you have to look at, okay, we're going to produce an aircraft, but what's the ceiling for which this aircraft is going to operate? Because obviously anything below, I don't know, like what rating range you need it in regarding to the, the ceiling. However, it's going to be operating above commercial aircraft. And obviously, if you've got a UAV, you can just pop it up higher. Even with an SR-71, you've got, you know, the pilots have to wear space suits. That was what I meant. Yeah. Um, they have a 1.5K to 10K range off the Earth. So there you go. Um, and yeah, so it has a service ceiling of 18,000 metres or 60,000 feet. Um, so essentially, it's, it's either a case of you'd taken um, Northcourt Grumman or Lockheed Martin. As a like civilian, can you patch yourself into some website to watch where they are and watch um, like the footage? That is a good question for which I do not know the answer. Yeah, Obviously, if you're patching into surveillance of a UAV, there's going to be people watching you too. Because... Oh yeah, of course. I'm not saying I'm here to plan a, a you know, criminal... Heist. Oh yeah, you just want just to see, want to what, see what it looks like. Yeah, um, <laughs> but here's the thing though: you, you've also got the Lockheed Martin RQ-170 Sentinel, um, which was made to replace the MQ-1 Predator and MQ-9 Reaper drones. Because those. Do they put Predator missiles and Predator drones? Um, no, no, it's. You didn't get the yeah. Never mind. Okay. It's we, all they what they can do though. However, you 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 may, you know, we've seen in movies where they've got the Reaper drones going up, like in um the Bourne Ultimatum. That Reaper drone, essentially has Hellfire missiles, so they're just shooting Hellfire missiles off it. So you do like, you do get drones that are armed, but then you have, you know, unarmed ones. But it's a case of what are they used for. The global military UAV market is dominated by companies based in the US and Israel. The US held over 60% of the share in 2017. The top, sorry, four out of the five manufacturers are American and they're General Atomics, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, as you said, and Boeing. And then followed by the Chinese company CASC. They, the, Israelian, uh, the Israeli companies mainly focus on small surveillance systems um, and by quantity of drones, they exported 60.7% in 2014, whereas the US was 23.9% in 2014. Um, and top importers are the UK at 33.9%, India at 13.5%. Um, the US stated that they operated over 9,000 military UAVs in 2014. So you're telling me... Oh. Yeah, I'm, all I'm saying is... So what they're potentially saying is, at any point above me, there could be hundreds of government drones. Yeah. Watching me hang out my washing every Monday afternoon. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But can you hear them? No. Depend Some people say like you can hear the whistle. It's a very succinct whistle. Potentially. I guess it would depend on the make and model. Yeah. I suppose. On how high up you are. 
And what kind of camera were they using? Oh my god, the government's watching me hanging up my washing every Monday and they're not coming over to help me. So the question is, oh. do they have reason to watch you do your washing? No, but he, listen, here's the thing. I'm not doing anything wrong. No. Right? So if they did anything, if they were like, oh, we're subtly... I know that that's a really shit um, reason to have. But at the same time, I would like to think this would be that would solve a lot of crimes. So if the government were tomorrow to say, Stephanie, the only way you could go back to work is if we chipped you and we COVID tested you, I would say, you know what, fam? That's fine. This is gonna turn into some real serious V shit. Like I can yeah. see the I can see the arguments for both sides. And if anyone actually chipped... I know we've spoken about this in a previous podcast. But if anyone actually chipped you... Yes, you in the back of your head, we've just consumed too much media. And you'd be like, the governments have done some real shady stuff beforehand. Yeah. And we have consumed a very large amount of media. It's like people going on about the flu shots yeah. at the moment. And everyone's like, oh, um, workplaces are offering free flu shots... And people at uni, like our uni has finally started to do it. And everyone's emailing me saying like, you need to get your flu shot. It's like, you don't think, as someone who works in the medical research field, that I didn't get it the literal week you rolled them out? Yeah. Oh, but it's okay, get another one for free. Why would I waste two doses when someone who actually, like, I'm just saying I don't need it because I would be a reservoir for the virus and I could potentially give it to hundreds of people who are immunocompromised. Yeah. But why would I take two doses when someone needs that dose? Yeah, and there's no point to take double doses. Because theoretically the one dose you have is enough. Yeah. And the reason why you get it annually is because we predict our trends based on what is happening in the Northern Hemisphere and obviously what the Australian... like We have the TGA... Whatever government body predicts our trends, they don't always get it right. No, I don't. think statistically, they haven't gotten it right since 2013. They've been off a little bit, but there's no COVID vaccine just yet. No. So. And um, they were also looking at antibodies from llamas. Yeah, um, some four-year-old llama called Winter. Yeah. Is going to help the world out. I hope she gets a Nobel Peace Prize. She should. And you know who else should get a Nobel Peace Prize? Um, what's her name? X-ray crystallography. Woman. Yes. Solves the structure of DNA. Yes. What's her name? Oh, wow. Um, oh, uh, brain work. Come yeah, on. no. Yep. Uh, Rosalind Franklin. That's it, Rosalind Franklin. Jeez, I nearly got in trouble then. Oof. Ooh. Alrighty. Oh, by the way, that was me squeaking my chair, getting comfortable. That, that, trust me, if it was something Squeaky else, chair. you would know about it. Alright, we should probably chair. get into today's main topic. Yes, we That's okay. So, last week, I said to you, good sir, I think I want to do a conspiracy. Do you have any topics you would like to do? You know, any requests, special requests? Yep. And you said, off the top of your head, sorry, you said pretty much... Um, I have a special request. I would like to talk about Project Sunshine. And I said, oh my God, I've never heard about that before. Is it a conspiracy? And you said, yeah, it's a conspiracy. No, this shit isn't a conspiracy. It's real. Because it was real. It's so real. this week's episode started out to be a conspiracy. Turned out to be another our second codename episode. This shit's real. So 
<clears throat> Since this is your very special request, yes. um, do you have, um, before we actually get into the topic, um, first off, there's obviously nothing bright and sunny about this program, no. but do you want to give us a basic bio off the top of your head? No pressure if you don't want to. Just No, no it's all good. Just, just hit them with it. <laughs> Does that mean you don't even know what it's about? Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh my god! You had one job! So essentially what it was, it was just the Cold War um, using radiation and okay. biological tests. So okay. I remember that, I, I kind of remember we were going into the... Um, okay. Yeah, it's just all to do with right. uh, human, human radiation experiments. Okay. So today there's a lot of declassified documents that we're going to be referring to, reading, quoting... Um, articles that we're going to get into when the time is right towards the end. So, from what I understand, the history and activities of Project Sunshine collectively served as perfect examples and, far more importantly, uh, officially documented examples of the ways in which humans and our bodies were utilised, as you said, during the Cold War in radiation and biological testing. If you're not freaked out yet, Buckle up, because you're going to be. Yeah, buckle up. Um, apparently, you're going you're gonna to say to me, oh my God, Steph, how were human beings tested? Does that mean the people who had unwillingly been exposed to radiation uh, were asked very nicely and compensated Mm-mm. by the government no, to no, no. Uh, maybe give a swab? No. Maybe have a tiny biopsy of an organ that was going to grow back? Aren't you such a optimistic? Because let me tell you, we were grave, not us specifically, but the American government was grave robbing, going to anatomy labs and stealing. Yeah. Stealing samples and cadavers. Yeah. Um, They were going to funerals, homes and morgues and stealing. Yep. They were going to women who had either miscarried or who were going in for routine um, female testing and taking parts of female reproductive systems that had either been removed or otherwise normally via normal, if you get what I mean, boys. I don't want to make it too gross for those who don't want to listen to it. There was a lot going on. They were stealing children's bodies, babies' bodies. Um, To understand how big this is now and how... (laughs) fucking illegal it is in australia we actually have a law yeah that says it's part of the ethics and when you sign up to do courses such as physiotherapy such as anatomy such as health science courses that require you to you guessed it study human anatomy you have to actually sign a contract saying a bunch of shit you're not going to do including which is steal and take images of what are essentially cadavers of people who have donated their bodies to science. And it has completely changed because after a certain amount of time now, um, I think, I can't remember which year specifically, but I don't want to say it in the mean derogatory way, but I don't know how yeah. else to say it. But cadavers that had come into service after a specific point in time in Australia, they could only be prepared in certain laboratories in Australia. Yeah. And after a certain amount of time, they can retire from service and be given back to the families if the families so choose to have their family members return to them. Yeah. Right? This was not happening. 
So this is such a big field change. Big, big no-no. Um, of things you can and cannot do. And then you're going to say to me, Stephanie wouldn't really, really necessarily know if people were stealing bodies today. And you know what? I would probably say to you, yeah, you're 110% right. But I would like to think things have changed. Yeah, you'd like to think that, but no. So, as you said, um, the governments, a lot of them, especially the US and the, uh, the USSR were conducting a lot of radiation-related experiments during the height of the Cold War. And then in the 1990s, the US government's Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments decided to look into a whole range of Department of Energy-related scandals that uh, involved the use of human beings in radiation tests between the 1940s and the 1970s. And then this is where the Sunshine Files, or at least some of the Sunshine Files, uh, were recovered and surfaced. Yeah. So the project appears to have originally been kept a secret and it was became known publicly. And when I say that, it was considered a conspiracy. People are like, bullshit, the yeah, government's all, doing that yeah. to us. What are you talking about? People are just handing over the bodies of their relatives or their samples or whatever. There's no theft happening here. Um, so apparently this whole project was commissioned was was a joint commission between the United States Atomic Energy Commission or the AEC is how I'm going to refer to it a couple of times throughout the course of this episode yep. as well as the United States Air Force Project RAND. Um, that's another project I want to get into in the future but um, very kind of basically the RAND Corporation stands for Research and Development. Um, it's essentially considered our the Australian version of the CSIRO. Yep. Um, so from what I understand, I think it's, um, it does answer to the U.S. armed forces. Um, it is financed, I do believe, by like private companies, corporations and universities and private individuals. But I'm pretty sure it's there for the government, run by the government, if yeah. that makes sense. Like the CSIRO so they is control, for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I th- I'm pretty sure that that's what that is. Um, so Project Sunshine was started because they wanted to examine the long-term effects of nuclear radiation on the biosphere. And the biosphere is literally if you... We live in the biosphere. So if you have your feet planted on the ground, if you're between us and the trees, that's the biosphere. Yeah. Right? Anything ground up, I think it's a kilometre. Yeah. Is that right? right? Yeah, that's, that's close. Yeah. Let me, let me double-check this. Because now I... I Second guess everything now. Especially after today's online meeting. Oof. Or is the biosphere the whole thing, Michael? It'd be all... I'm pretty sure it's all the biosphere. Could it be all... I thought it was just the level we live on. Yeah, I think it's biosphere. Maybe it's the whole thing. It could be the whole thing. Let's just say the whole of the Earth. Yep. Right? And all the levels and all the planes and these scary drones and all the aliens like to float in. Yeah? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Totally, totally um, cool. So I wanted to research the effects of nuclear radiation on the whole of the Earth and um, what's the sky called? Stratosphere. That's the... No. Stratosphere is a level. <sighs> sky. Thank you. Uh, due to repeated nuclear detonations of increasing yield. So 
a lot of people remember uh, Project Gabriel, and again, I'm going to cover that separately, but that's pretty much the whole research behind Strontium-90, and there's a lot to unpack there, which we're not going to cover too much today. Yeah. But uh, Strontium-90 represented the most serious threat to human health from nuclear fallout. So pretty much Project Gabriel was there to identify what the most dangerous thing was. Yeah. And then Project Sunshine was like, let's measure how far the global dispersion of uh, strontium-90 is by measuring its concentration in tissues of the dead. And bones, obviously, considered tissues. But dead peoples. Dead peoples, yeah. Cadavers. Yeah, dead peoples. Yeah. So literally, um, you and my family, I would die. You and my family would hand me over to the morgue to find out why I died. And then, boom, my body's just not there. Yeah. She gone. Oh, we don't know. We have a mistake. This is her ashes. Oops. Sorry. Sorry. How bad. Yeah. So, from what everyone can understand, they preferred the younger people who had developing bones because that meant that they can actually look at uh, developing tissues. Higher bone. Um, you have sorry, a lot of high, higher propensity for accumulation of stuff. Um, also, the older you get, your bones fuse. Yeah. And you know what's in your bones? Bone marrow. Yeah. Right? And the older you get, the less of that you have, and it's considered to be your core bones, like your femur. Yeah. Um, and like your deep tissue bones and stuff like that. Yeah. But when you're. A, a literal child straight out of the womb, you have a lot more yeah. active... So, you know, the fusing of the epiphyseal plates and stuff? Yeah. They want people before that has happened. Jeez. Because your cells at that time, there is so much calcification and breaking down and your body shaping and everything like that. It's like cancer drugs. You yeah. want to study the effect on tissues that are rapidly dividing. Yeah. Right? So that's the tissue you would want to go for. Because cell culture wasn't a thing back then. No. The three R's of ethical research weren't around back then. Yep. So uh, they were like, oh, yeah, let's have a look at these young people with developing bones because they would most likely have the highest propensity to accumulate strontium-90 and thus be the most susceptible to radiation damage. And then so they elicited a great deal of controversy when it was obviously revealed, and rightly so. Apparently a lot of the samples that were utilised were essentially collected without any permission or knowledge of the deceased person, their relatives, um, and so they didn't know until literal decades later. So let's rewind. It's the 18th of January, 1955. The then AEC commissioner, Dr. Willard Libby, said that there was insufficient data regarding the effects of fallout due to the lack of human samples, especially samples taken from children, for them to analyse. And this doctor, Libby, was quoted saying, I don't know how to get them, but I do say that it is a matter of prime importance to get them, and particularly in the young age group. So human samples are often of prime importance and if anybody knows how to do a good job of body snatching they would really be serving their country so you're telling me you're going to serve your country by stealing your citizens dead bodies it's pretty sick extremely sick and today the government won't even force someone to be an organ donor no 
It's pretty messed up. But the Americans are, were body snatching in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Which is really, really, really scary. But you in perfect health, who could potentially save yep. tens of lives? Yep. No, 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 we won't no. make you do anything. Your body is your own. Rot in the grave if that's what you want to do or burn. But we're going to take your body, say the American. <sighs> yep. So, you're going to ask me, oh, what? They only took like five, six samples, Steph? That's not a big deal. Yeah. No. They just logged 1,500 samples alone Jeez. that we were that they were able to backtrack, right? Yeah. Only, and you go like, oh, that's not much. Do you know what? They only analyzed and admitted that they analyzed a third of that. Fire. So they could have potentially stolen 1,500 people or 1,500 people samples, but they only measured a third. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. What's the point? Yeah. It's... When your body snatching so much and your data and your whole hypothesis is garbage, but you're not going to be like, oh, and what do you... How do you store that? Yeah, in a big fridge. Ah. Uh. Imagine the transport. No. That's a different... Okay. No. Um, so you're going to say, oh, surely some of these were adults. No. no. They're all literal babies that were... I, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to trigger people. That were either miscarried or stillbo- stillborn. Yeah. Um, young children. And you're like, oh, only America. No. Do you know how many people in Australia alone were body snatched? And stories throughout you. And I mean, like, literally, you can read it in the news. Yeah. Um, Australia, Europe. And their parents and their families had no idea and did not consent to it. So, according... Because they wanted to get global, right? So they literally went to different continents different it's, countries around the world yeah. and we're like oh that's a four-year-old child literally some imagine if it was some man in black imagine that all right just some person pretending to some cia officer pretending to be australian yeah like their australian consort and they're like oh yeah imagine someone just stepping out of the canberra embassy the u.s embassy in canberra and just being like oh, i'm just going to go to the children's hospital and then just being like Oh, I'm a doctor. Um, I have to give a lecture. I need to take this sample. Pay off. You know, a hundred bucks back then would have been worth eight, nine hundred. And you just go, how do you walk in an embassy? And they can't touch you once you've physically gone on the other side of the wall. Yeah. How do you get it out? That's I what know. I don't understand. Oh, um, this is some taxidermy for our president, Mr. Nixon. Yeah, good luck with that. How do you do anyway? So according to this investigation, a British newspaper reported that British scientists had obtained children's bodies from various hospitals and shipped their body parts to the US. One British mother said her stillborn baby's legs were removed. Um, and the British doctors did that and tried to prevent her from finding out what had happened and she wasn't allowed to see her baby to dress it for the funeral. Far out. That's, that's going way too far. Why the legs? Because the epiphyseal plates, buddy. There we go. I'm telling you. Yep. I'm telling you. So in 1958, Project Sunshine was brought to Belgium and the scientists decided, you know what, let's do tests that are slightly different to what we have done before. 
uh, and let's look at soils in agricultural regions instead of looking at human bones. And again, the three R's of science, replace, refine, reduce. Why didn't you just do that to begin with? Why didn't you just look at cattle around the world that were already being slaughtered for human meat consumption? They couldn't do it. No? Okay, but that's a different story. So they decided to do environmental surveys and environmental research in natural and controlled conditions. Their goal was to see the effect of strontium-90 in the soils and to see how it transferred to the grass and grazing animals and how it would like enter the food train, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, there's grass and then some bugs eat the grass and then um, sheep and cattle eat the grass and then humans eat that. And then how is it being stored up in the human body? And what's that doing to the human body? And can the human body excrete it? And so on and so forth, right? Um, So they looked at direct influences of strontium ranti by observing how well the contaminated grass and crops grew. And then they published... Well, this Dr. Whitlock had published an article in 1957. um, The Director of Health Education in the National Dairy Council in Chicago, Illinois, discussed the impact of strontium ninety in cow milk consumed by humans, concluding that the effects of strontium ninety would not be detectably detectably harmful to the general populace of the USA. Bro. So essentially, what they're saying is, yeah, folks, it's probably contaminated, yeah. but we can't tell you that. They're like, no, we just got a little bit easy on this. We got to just calm it. Imagine that. Stealing 1,500 people. Just to test that bullshit. Just to be like, oh, there's nothing happening anyway. Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. You'd think someone would have caught on to them. So I got a couple of quotes from there, from the actual article. And it says, from the foregoing information, it would seem we have a long way to go before the presence of strontium-90 in milk and other foods can catch up with the amounts of radioactivity to which we have long been exposed through natural resources specifically referring to the natural radioactivity one is exposed to from potassium-40. Yay! K-40! Woo! Sorry. Are you sure it's not NA? I'm sodium, you know. I'm just checking. Yeah. I did human physiology. I know all about the sodium potassium pumps. Because if it was, you know, Three sodium in, two out, and potassium, it's like I would have a knack for these things. Uh-huh. 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 All right, so I did some deep diving, and this is obviously not a complete analysis of all the documents that are available in this podcast. I did manage to get through about half of them in the last week. There's a lot more there, um, but I'm going to cover the... I don't want to say the important stuff, but I'm going to cover some of it, okay? Yep. So if you go to the National Security Archive, uh, HTPS nsarchive2.gwu.edu backslash radiation backslash you come across the advisory committee on human radiation experiments now can you please describe that seal to me Mm, it definitely looks like a presidential seal and can you just talk about that looks like it was written on a computer Mm -hmm. in the late 80s yes it was very, very late. Um, anywhere between, you know. Poor pixel. Yeah. Poor pixel index indeed. Very, very poor pixel. So this is largely going to be me reading out yep. some of these documents, right? So 
when you hit this website, the first opening page says the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments, or ACHRE, was created by President Clinton on January 15, 1944, to investigate and report on the use of human beings as subjects of federally funded research using ionizing radiation. ACHRE, I'll say ACHRE instead of AHRE, constructed a GOFER site to provide public electronic access to information about its activities. Created by the Executive Order and subject to the Federal Advisory Committee Act, or FACA, or FACA, these advisory committee, sorry, the advisory committee was obligated to provide public health access to its activities, processes, and papers. The advisory committee believed, however, that the nature of the subject it investigated and the human stories that compromised it placed it on a special responsibility to disseminate as broadly as possible the results of its investigations, the implications of that story for our own time, and the best judgment concerning the rights and responsibilities of those involved. The National Security Archive obtained the data from the Acre Gopher when the advisory committee was dissolved in October of 1995. 1995! It's not too long ago. The information... Acquired from the original internet site includes information about the original Acre Gopher, background of Acre, human radiation experiments and government records, committee meetings, Acre officers and personnel, the interim report of October 21st, 1999, glossary, experiment and document collection descriptions, bibliography, and the final report. Researchers should note that the data contains references to Acre contacts and email addresses that, with the dissolution of the advisory committee, no longer exist. Yay. So you're telling me... You're trying to tell me, rather, that you kidnapped that many people, had that many illegal substances, samples, you know, experiments running, and you just suddenly don't have it anymore? No, I'm gone. Bullshit. Yeah. How stupid do you think I am? Further questions about ACRE and documents collected by the committee should be directed to the National Archives and Records Administration where the documents have been deposited. But you just said that they don't exist. So yeah. how can they... Uh, you refer me to a depository that doesn't exist. I think they must have gone, oh, shit. This is a bit too creepy for us to post. Let's keep a file for the president. Yeah. And for B613. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and throw the rest away. Literally. <sighs> This data was obtained by the National Security Archive with the generous support of W. Alton Jones Foundation in Charlottesville. That's Virginia, isn't it? VA is Virginia. So, let's break it down. Break it down. First off, with the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments facts sheet and answers and questions. All the questions. Right? The advice. <clears throat> The Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments is a 14-member committee of nationally recognised experts in the areas of bioethics, I call bullshit, yeah. epidemiology, law, bullshit. and nuclear medicine. Um, I'm sorry, but an ethics board needs to also have lay people yeah. that have no ties to the research being conducted Yep. in order for it to be considered ethical. Extreme bias. Extreme bias. Again, I have to sign legal contracts. My name is on legal contracts. And if I see something that's ethically breaching and I don't report it, I could go to jail. Yep. I would go to jail, rather. Whereas these... Not that I'm saying the research facility that I participate in is any way, shape or form doing 
things. Yeah, I don't speak for the department that I work for. I my views represent my own. Yeah, but, but these guys, these this is not real. No, this is. It's very you know. Sorry, it's real, but it's, it's real. bullshit. It's fudged. <laughs> okay, the committee also includes a public representative. Appointed by the president in April 1944, the members... So they didn't even have an appointment until April of 1994, which is like five months before they decided, let's patch shit up and burn the rest. They just started cranking out numbers. Right. The members are to prepare a report due in April of 1995 about the use of human beings as subjects of federally funded research using ionising radiation. Ruth Farden, PhD, MBH, a bioethicist at John Hopkins University, chairs the advisory committee. I want to know what that person does now. Can you Google that while I'm chatting? The committee's report will be issued to an interagency working group composed of the secretaries of the Departments of Defence, Energy, Health and Human Services, Justice and Veterans Affairs, and the Directors of Central Intelligence Agency, and the Office of Management and Budget, and the Administrator of National Aeronautics and Space Administration. So you know what that makes me think? Shit. We put people out in the military field, dropping shit, and we don't even know what it's going to do on their bodies. We were dumping shit that we didn't even know what it did. Yeah. It did an explosion. What are the after effects? Um, Can I just ask a second question? Do you know who that person is? What he's doing now? So essentially... Let's see. Um, so they were... Or she... Um, she was the Berman Institute's director from 1995 until 2016, and the inaugural Andreas C. Dracopoulos director from 2014 to 2016. Um, Faden is the inaugural Philip Franklin Wagley Professor of Biomedical Ethics. Um, she is a member of the Institute of Medicine and a fellow of the Hastings Centre and the American Psychological Association. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, my second question. But the thing is, so... It says, so she was the chair of the advisory committee uh, committee on human radiation experiments and was in office from 1994 to 1995 under Bill yeah. Clinton and proceeded and it was a, the position was abolished. So gone. We didn't need it anymore. Yeah. We, we, okay. My second question is, how close was Chernobyl to April of 1995? Mm, let's see. I want to say it was like... 1986. I was going to say like 10 years. Yeah. That's... Yeah, so in 1988, the rayon was de-established administration was transferred to the Navy. Do you think there's any correlation to what happened with Chernobyl and them realising? Or was there some um, other nuclear fallout event that I'm Well, here's of? the thing. There's been times where people have gone, look, we need to study radiation. And there have been cases where scientists have been able to study the effects of radiation on people and there was one researcher a lab tech who they they actually had a failed experiment and we actually covered this um and essentially this young this student was exposed to the highest amount of that's been recorded and they kept him alive against his family's wishes to study him it also brings like Madame Marie Curie, who's blasting herself with shit 
that she had no idea was going to give her long term effects. Exactly. And no one can still approach her like her lab book. Yeah, it's that bad. It, it's crazy. And to think because that stuff stays around. What do you do? So I'm going to continue reading. Sorry. The committee's report will be issued... Sorry, I said that. The committee's charter includes the investigation of experiments conducted since 19... Since 1942! Not ended in... Since 1942, with ionising radiation, the investigation of specific international intentional releases of radiation into the environment and the recommendation to the working group of remedies for abuse of human subjects in past experiments and of policies to improve ethical practices in today's research. The committee held its first meeting in April of 1994 and has met approximately monthly since. A staff of professionals in history, bioethics, nuclear medicine and epidemiology works in Washington, D.C. under the committee's direction. The staff is headed by the executive director, Dan Gutman. Stephen Clydman is a spokesman for the committee and can be reached at the telephone at and the telephone number that has since obviously been disconnected because they said they dissolved all of this stuff. Yeah. The advisory committee meetings are public and material presented to the members of the committee at its meetings become public record. The committee's schedule includes at least one meeting on the West Coast and includes meetings of panels to hear testimony at other sites in the United States. Now we move on to the questions and answers of this tiny, teeny fact sheet. Question one. Why was the advisory committee formed? The President of the United States appointed the committee to analyse these questions. What is the federal government's responsibility for wrongs and harms to human subjects as a result of experiments with ionising radiation? What remedies are appropriate for those wronged or harmed? And what lessons learned from studying research standards and future practices in the past and present can be applied to the future? Who are the members? And then it goes into, oh, nationally recognised experts in bioethics, epidemiology, radiation oncology and biology and history of science, law and nuclear medicine. There are 14 members in total. The committee also includes a citizen representative, Ruth Faden, a bioethicist at Johns Hopkins University, chairs the advisory committee. <coughs> what is the committee authorised to review? The committee's charter includes the review of experiments conducted since the 1940s with ionising radiation and the investigation of specific intentional releases of radiation into the environment. The committee's mandate does not include common and routine clinical practices such as established diagnoses and treatment of methods. And an important question is how to define the difference between ordinary practice and experimental procedures. Another important question is whether accidental exposures give agencies or researchers a chance to conduct experiments of opportunity. Yay. And then it's like, what will the advisory committee do? That's when they were uh, supposed to provide a report um, <laughs> to answer those three questions uh, it was going to be issued in 1995 for the interagency working group and all the secretaries for all the different joint heads. Um, and then they were going to evaluate today's practices, today being, you know, 1994. Um, how has the committee looked into past practices? The president directed federal agencies to search their files for information about research on human subjects in the past. And then you must ask yourself, how many other human testing oh, experiments were done heaps. that they haven't admitted to prior to 19, the 1940s. Oh, it, it's, it's something you don't really want to think about. Even. But you need to know. You do, 
but I think there's a rabbit hole you start going down and then it starts getting really, really bad. I think there's stuff going on right now as we speak. Oh, of course. That would be... Oh, 100... Blow your... Look, it's like when people say... and they, My mum used to ask me all the time, oh, so do you think... It's, you know how you do genetics and shit? Yeah. She was like, oh, so do you think that, like, people are going to be cloning themselves soon? And then I said to her, like, you know, it'd be a smart thing to do if you had to do organ transplants. Yeah. Um, if you needed, like, your blood and stem cells and that kind of thing... Yep. But, mum, it's illegal. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's probably better because you don't know who's going to have control of that technology. But you can't tell me that somewhere in some deep underground military facility, whether it be China, whether it be Russia, Australia, the US, the UK, someone somewhere has a cloned human being. Absolutely. They do. And we will never know about it. Yet. 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 Someone's tried it. At least one person has tried it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. They might not have done anything with it. They might have just created the embryo and then gone, oh shit, I've done what I've done. I better get rid of it. Bleach it. Burn it. Incinerate it. Get rid of the... You wouldn't even put it on a lab file. No, you'd be like, "Uh uh-oh. Because you would be, you know, brought into an Look at this guy who's like, oh, I crisped um, yeah. The kids to not have HIV. How's that going for you, sir? Yeah, where are not you at the so moment? Not so well. Not so well indeed. Okay, so then there were um, a ton of... Wow, there's literally a ton of documentation that we can kind of comb talk through. about. and Yeah, definitely kind of comb through. Um, So kind of what I suppose I wanted to jump to next, Um, their human radiation experiments, like they have a historical background and they say, oh, between 1946 and 1974, so they're trying to say it ended in 1974, you know, how they're trying to gather all these samples and conduct experiments but it doesn't tell you what experiments they conducted like what were you actually doing they're not going to say i don't know but i'm just saying there's something extremely nefarious going underneath you know going on of course but what i'm saying is they don't actually tell you um and what they the clinton administration has questions about whether subjects of some experiments were treated properly and there are indications that in some cases some subjects may not have been notified that they were participating in the experiment some subjects may not have given proper informed consent and certain subjects gave consent but may not have been fully informed of potential high health consequences of the experiment Experiments were conducted with disturbing frequency on subjects from vulnerable populations, such as poor people, elderly people, retarded... I fucking hate that word. Yeah. I don't say that as a... But whatever. Well, you know, there's been people in the past who've been given radiation without even knowing. Yeah. Infants, prison inmates, hospital patients suffering from terminal conditions, and some experiments served no apparent therapeutic medical purpose. What does that sound like to you, Dr. Death in Auschwitz? Here's one for you. Albert Stevens, um, 1887 to 1966, was a victim of a human radiation experiment. He survived the highest known accumulation radiation dose in any human. Um, On May 14th, 1945, he was injected 
with 3.55 micro sieverts of plutonium without his knowledge or informed consent. Just cause. Just cause. What colour is your hair going to grow out tomorrow, bud? Yeah, so... Yeah, nasty. Information about these experiments has trickled out over the years, but the government has never made a true accounting to the American people about this period of the Cold War. President Clinton and his administration are committed to making the government open, honest and responsive to the American people. The Clinton administration has now launched a major effort to collect and make the public and make public all information available about radiation experiments conducted on human subjects by the government. And wasn't this really close to the whole genome sequencing project in which the American president, Bill Clinton, same man, said any sequence that is conducted, it is illegal for anyone to try and, um, what's that word? Consumer? Profiteer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Consumerism. So essentially in this... They can't sell you. No. They can't try to sell you. They can't try to buy your DNA off you. No, they can't. Look at 23andMe. Yeah. Look at all them stupid... Um, what do they call them? Those heritage bullshits. And they're like, oh, spit in a jar. Yeah. Send it to us and we'll tell you what your nationality is. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it for them. And only 10% tell you that you're... Unless you are, no disrespect, but unless you have the appearance to look like you are, for example, African-American. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everyone has at least 40 to 50% African yeah. in them because you know what? Everyone came out of Africa. Yeah, everyone. That's the out of Africa theory. Yeah. That was the, the fertile crescent. Yep. And that's why, you know... They're bullshit. It's all bullshit. If they don't tell you that... No. When you do that test, that's when you ask for a refund... Because you're not happy yep. about that. And like, I ain't trying to be creepy, but like I've had a, a small subsection of my genome tested when I did my blood work because I needed to find out what blood disorder I had and if I indeed needed specific treatment or not. And it turns out I didn't, thankfully. But yeah. you get what I mean. Like some things you have to know, but it's not like my GP said to me, oh, Stephanie, unless you pay me $5,000, I'm not going to tell you what the answer to your genome test was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You it's can't just, do that. No, you can't. But it was smart of him to back that up, I think. Like, that was a very big turn to kind of be like, no one can... Because what's his name? Um, the guy who did the shotgun approach. Sanger. Yeah. Um, he was like, no, no. Yeah, Sanger. The one who used the shotgun approach, not Sanger. The the guy who gets out on his yacht, drops shit. Oh, Craig yeah. Venter. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, people were saying he was going to be a billionaire because he was going to, you know, make people buy their genome off him because he was going to trademark the genomes of people. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, sequence uh, sharks. Low key. And oh, I'm just a plankton out there, bro. Nothing serious. Yeah. On oh, my multi-million dollar yacht. Just cause. Yeah. Just Just, just cause. why not, you know? So, on the 18th of January, 1994, the President signed the Executive Order forming the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments, and they went through all their actions that we've previously covered. Um, Then you hit the Federal Register, Volume 59, Number 13, the Presidential Documents, the United... Sorry, the President of the United States, Executive Order 12891, of January 15, 1994, Title III, the President Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments, 
apparently was a Thursday, and he said by the authority vested in me as president of the Constitution, uh, sorry, as the president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, I hereby order as follows. So he wanted to establish it. He wanted to designate the chairperson. He stated the functions, which we've already gone through. Um, and then he just went on and on about what he wanted, what their intentions were. He signed it off as William Jake. His name was William? Yeah. I thought it was Bill. That's why they call him Bill. How do you get Bill from William, though? Bill Shakespeare. William. It's short for... William J. Clinton. Okay, whatever. Yeah. The white... I'm not American, as you can tell. And then he signed off. Um, and then, so... Obviously, the press clubs start releasing stuff saying the, the president has announced ethical, scientific, and medical experts as members of the Advisory Committee of Human Radiation Experiments and so on and so forth. Um, and again, they published who these people were, what these people were doing. So the ethicists were uh, Ruth Faden, as we said, Ruth Macken, um, uh, Patricia A. King, Jay Katz. The historians were Susan E. Lederer, who had a PhD, um, Milton S. Hershey. Uh, the attorneys were Kenneth R. Feinberg. Um, or oh, was there just one? It uh, looks, looks like there was just one. They had one epidemiologist, Duncan Thomas, who was a PhD. They had clinicians, radiation therapy and nuclear medical peoples, being Eli J. Gladstein, Henry D. Royal, Marianne Stevenson, um, so who, all of whom were MDs. There was one clinician of non-radiation public health, and that was Reed V. Tuxen, MD. Uh, there was a military medicine specialist, Philip K. Russellman, MD. Uh, there was a radiation biologist, Nancy L. Olkenike, PhD. There was a general scientist, Frank, Pre Frank Press, PhD. There was a citizen representative, being Lois L. Norris, um, Apparently, though, they worked at the University of Nebraska. They were a retired second vice president. They were, uh, were also president of the Omaha National Bank and Omaha National Corporation Omaha. And also, no disrespect, but why someone from Omaha? Yeah. What is it about Omaha? The money. So, basically... These people touched a lot of research committees in the US alone, right? And then you're going to say, okay, Steph, where was this happening? Let me tell you. There was an actual, there was an actual web page, one of the web pages, that lists in alphabetical order what known experiments that were logged were conducted in what areas were reported right yeah and there are so many that i didn't want to include it on our show notes that i actually downloaded the the page yeah and can we just talk about how long look at that loading bar for you uh, so you can't see this i'm sorry but Ain sham university of cairo uh four different u.s air, sorry one two three five different air force bases united states air force bases did she in Alaska, the Ames Research Center, NASA, NASA, NASA. Yeah. The Ames Research Center Laboratory of Human Environmental Physiology. That makes, that's a whole person. Mm -hmm. A whole cadaver was taken there. Yep. All gone. A physiology lab? Yeah. That's a whole cadaver. Yeah. Right? The Andrews Air Force Base. 
Antioch College, Argonne National Laboratory, Argonne National Laboratory Cancer Hospital, the Armed Forces Radiobiology Research Institute, Armed Forces Special Weapons Project. Oh, jeez. Atomic Bomb Casualty Commission. Atomic Energy Commission. Atomic Energy Commission Idaho Operations Office. Atomic Energy Commission New York Operations Office. You know what that means? Those samples were shipped to and from Idaho and New York. Augustana Hospital. That means that's where they took the sample. Bangkok, Thailand. The Bantil Memorial Memorial Hospital. Baylor College of Medicine. Beth Israel Hospital. Beth Israel Hospital, the Department of Yemen's Research Laboratory. Boston City Hospital. Boston University School of of Medicine. Bowman Gray School of Med. Birmingham and Women's Health Clinical Research Center. Do you know what that means? That's where they've taken the stillborn babies from. Which is I'm so sorry to say. Yeah, that's really sad. Brookhaven National Laboratory, Brooks Air Force Base, uh, California Institute of Technology, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. What are you doing at a jet propulsion laboratory? Getting on a plane yeah. that you don't want people to know about? Yep. Mm-hmm. Dipping it in a little bit of uh, the nuclear reactor? A little bit there? Camp Stone. You think about California. a flight, like how much radiation are you being exposed to in flight? Yes. Exactly. I didn't think of that. Good point. Carnegie Institution, Case Western Reserve University, Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine, Cedars of Lebanon Hospital, Center for Energy and Environmental Research, Center for Human Radiobiology, and there were a lot of samples logged there. Uh, Chicago, Chicago Lying In Hospital, the Children's Hospital, shit. Cincinnati General Hospital, City of Hope Medical Center, Clarkson College of Technology, Cleveland Clinic, Clinton Laboratory. Literally, I'm telling you, there's Harvard's on this list. Like, I'm I'm scrolling, like, what yeah. would be 50, 30 pages. Um, Long Island Jewish Hospital, Los Alamos National Laboratory, and there's, like, 30 things there. Um, the Manned Spacecraft Center at NASA. Uh, the Manitoba Cancer Treatment and Research Foundation. Marshall Islands. Jeez. Well, isn't something on Marshall Islands that people can't go to? Yeah. Isn't that where planes are stored or some shit? Can you double check that yeah. before I talk mad shit? The Massachusetts General Hospital Thyroid Clinic. Uh, the Massachusetts MIT's Department of Physics. The Mayo Clinic, McGill University. These are all people that have... These are all institutes that are top tier. Do we have an answer before I keep mm. going? Uh, let's see. Marshall Island. Yeah, Marshall Island. Um, it's it's a spawning change of volcanic uh, islands and coral atolls. Um, in the northwest, you've got Bikini Atoll. Um Kalajaline Atoll used is a, a main command center. graveyard after World War Two. It's a popular wreck site. Um, what else? U.S. Navy has hosted a naval base uh, since World War Two. Hmm. Let's see. The inhabitants of the Marshall Islands, particularly those close to Bikini Atoll, were exposed to high levels of radiation. The highest levels of radiation exposure were found in the areas of local fallout. So you're telling me they got a bone and they stuck it in the dirt and we're like, oh, great, let's test it now. Maybe. All right. 
like there's 15 other things that out of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Okay. The so, National Cancer Institute. Yep. Yeah. So um, Bikini Atoll. That's where um, they dropped. Yeah. A um, series of 23 nuclear weapon detonations by the United States between 1946 and 1958. And they have never done anything for the people of Bikini no. who live Seven there. Seven test sites on the reef itself, on the sea, Isn't in the Isn't that air, where the actual main mushroom yeah. cloud footage is taken from? You see that one where they've got the... The ships and you see the underwater test. And yeah, whoosh. that's that one. Yeah. And they didn't know what they were exposing. And they were dropping bombs on the daily. Yeah. And they didn't realise it was having an effect. Yeah, fucking idiots. A ton of naval hospitals, um, Newark, Oak Ridge Institute, um, Oregon State Prison. Wow. Three, sorry, two there, Ceylon, Oregon. Pacific Northwest Laboratories, Parkland Memorial Hospital. Uh, Public Health Service Hospital, San Fran Cali, Rhode Island, um, Rogalap Atoll, six six institutions throughout the US didn't say. So you know who that is? That's your Harvards, that's your Columbias and all your other shits that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Stanford General Clinic Research, the St. Louis Children's Hospital, the St. Louis um, Maternity Hospital, Sub... Submarine Medical Research Laboratories. Whoa. The Queen's University of Belfast. Belfast. Welcome to uh, Belfast. University of Arcan- Arcan- Arkansas. 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 What do you mean it's Arkansas? America, explain. America, explain. explain. America, explain. University of Arkansas School of Medicine Department of Pediatrics. Berkeley. Um... Lots of Berkeley here, let me tell you. A lot of uh, UC, UCLA, UCSF, um, Uni of Chicago, a lot of University of Indiana, Houston, oh, Jesus, and like the list literally, that's not even, like I'm not even a quarter of the page down and I've gone through a lot. So that's kind of really... Heartbreaking and yeah, really tough there. All right. So I wanted to look at Australia specifically um, because obviously we are Australian. So I'm not trying to be biased, but yeah. I guess, you know. Um, so apparently between 1957 and 78, body parts were taken. Oh, and this is a paper that was reposted by Friends of the Earth Australia. Um, so basically... They have articles from the Advertiser, um, from the Age, which is Melbourne's most... Pr- like, the Herald Sun is a picture book. Yeah. The Age is <laughs> top tier... That's a nice way of putting it, um, yeah. Top tier news in Melbourne. However, they're both owned by the same company, and that is the... Um, who are those peoples that we don't like? Murdoch's. Murdoch's. Yeah. If you want good papers printed by Australia, please look at The Guardian. They're yep. one of the best independent um, news agencies. There's also the Sydney Morning Herald and, um, again, another Australian. And so these are things that are printed as most recently as 2002 um, where pretty much thousands of humans' organs and bones were taken for corpses may 
well, they were going to be handed back to the families here in Australia. The Federal Department of Health and Aging was considering a national hotline for people to obtain information about the body parts following two separate inquiries by the Australian Health Ethics Committee. Uh, the organs were retained after autopsies, while the bones, so just the bones, were used in a 21-year nuclear testing program, and in both cases, next of kin were mostly unaware that the body parts had not been buried or cremated with the deceased. The committee found that some of the ashes of the bones were still in storage and the institutions which provided the bones for testing, mostly public hospitals, should pay for the disposal as requested by the families. The committee made similar findings and recommendations concerning organs retained after autopsy and urged the Federal Government of Australia to consider reimbursing state health departments for any costs incurring disposing of the body parts. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it was a lot of stuff. These people were posting um, in Science, the one of the most prestigious journals. Um, apparently, a lot of the bones that they preferred were ribs. Um, they claimed that they collected them from a network of 17 collection stations, including Germany, Taiwan, Puerto Rico, um, and that their location was limited by contact with physicians in certain centres. Apparently, um, at that time, Australia was one of the stations, but they didn't know that. Jeez. Apparently, in early 1958, analysis had been done on rib bones from three Australian babies under the age of four, two older than children, and ten adults. That's bad. And they say that by the 1960s, the team had collected 9,000 samples of human bone. And they're trying to say, oh, we only had 1,500. 9,000, that is a lot. That is a stupid amount. These, these have included fetuses, single bone samples from individuals, and whole skeletons that ended up in New York. The guy tried to post, like, when they posted their data in science, yeah. that's what they tried to say. Jeez. They had 52 Aussie babies under four, 27 children and teenagers, and 87 adults. The Project Sun Sunshine team had concluded that plants which had taken up strontium-90 from contaminated rain was the main way the radioactive substance entered the human diet. And they tried to reason that they wanted to do this because um, the gruesome research had also revealed that strontium-90 levels in humans around the world was on the rise, increasing 50% between 1958 and 1958. But they just published... You know, they later published that, oh, no, um, there's it's not entering our food chain. It's not high enough for us to consider anything. No. When they're looking at the grass and the cows and the milk. They're not even worried about it. So what's the bloody it? story? Either you are concerned that it is taking over the food chain or it's not doing anything. It's a massive cover-up. That's what it is. And if we're seeing this now, like, what else is going on? There must be some really dodgy shit going on. Got to be. Well, apparently, um, the federal and state health ministers of Australia investigated everything, and what they found is that the Australian Radiation Protection and Nuclear Safety Agency, and I didn't even know that this was a body that existed in Australia, but what, hey, um, they confirmed that the bone collection program had begun in 1957 with federal government approval under the auspices of its Atomic Weapons Test Safety Committee. So what they're saying is the Australian government gave approval for the Americans to have a collection centre in Australia, but the American government 
didn't appropriately say to the families... Yeah, we're going to do this. We're doing this. Jeez. Well, that's one way of getting busted. So, yeah. That's it. It's really disturbing. Like, it really, really, you know, begs the question of... I One, you want to know what the... I suppose the effects of radiation are, but there's a way of going about it. And back then, I feel as though, um, you know, it just wasn't stringent enough. Um, and he knew what medicine was then and what ethics was then. And yeah. Ethics hasn't been around since, I want to say since IVF kind of started. Yeah. And obviously the genome sequence project and... Because there's a lot of really macabre stuff out there. You know, things going on. And that's just like there are some, and let's just, I know more specifically about animals because obviously we, I do mouse experiments, not right now, but other countries aren't like that. You okay? Yeah. I just all vanished. Oh, sorry. All good. What? I was just about to make a comment or something. It's like all gone. What were you going to make a comment about? No, it was just, there was a, a fact there where, you know, they're using, um, I suppose, samples for atom bomb tests. You know, it's... Oh, yeah, why not? It's, it's ridiculous. Like, really, really ridiculous. And I don't think it's going to, you know... Obviously, people are going to start doing dodgy things around the world. Um, obviously, radiation is one of those things where... You know, we can't see it. People are scared, and people are scared of the unknown. However, the unknown. it's not like we're going to go and do, you know, bomb testing in the backyard. Oh, no. But that's what the politicians are Some people are do. Thinking. Politicians, I mean, what do you want to do? Oh, today we're going to go and create an arc reactor in the shed. Well, look at, um, what's the guy from the US where he was like, oh, no, sorry, from Canada, Trudeau? Trudeau, They yeah. had the one shooting, and he's like, we're banning all firearms. Yeah. You don't need to have firearms. No. Get and then people them. were panicking and like, how can you do this? And he's like, the Canadian government, the Canadian people should be offering a lot more than thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Like the Americans say, anytime anything happens. Yeah. And it's like, I get, well, we're not really specifically talking about guns today, but I get how people are like, yeah, guns are cool. Like, I play Call of Duty. I've shot, um, what do I call them before? Slug guns. Yeah. That are styled to look pretty cool. Not professionally or anything like that, but you just kind of go, I get what people are saying, but also people don't understand, I don't no. think. I don't think they do. And, you know, that's the sad part about it. Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to add to today's topic? No, that's pretty much on the money. Um, that was quite interesting. Um, you know... A lot of it is disturbing. Um, quite disturbing. Like extremely. Said, quite dark and macabre on yeah, this very macabre. Sunday afternoon. Well, it's actually technically Thursday afternoon for us. But. Yeah. But, um, you know, kind of scary. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so, um, any final thoughts before I do this one? Uh, no, I just feel that I think, obviously, everything we're reporting on is going to be taken... One way uh, or another. One way or another. There's going to be people who question it. There's the people who are going to accept it. But let us know what you think. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, because we, we, we... I'm we, not saying any none of this is right. No. But do you think, like, obviously I think 
testing to this degree should be, when I say that, I mean properly, ethically. It should be moderated. It should be conducted yeah. uh, to people who are willing to participate in said research. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know your thoughts and feelings and like, who should be held accountable? Should there have been a billion dollar inquest? I think there should have been. And payouts to the yeah. family of to the families of those involved. Yeah. Um, I think there should have been a lot more done about it. And do you notice how they just like brush it yeah. under the carpet, I suppose? And I suppose at the same time this was announced in nineteen ninety five. And this is twenty five a quarter of a century ago. Yeah. Shit. That's a long time. That is a long time. I just my whole the, birthday I just there's I, a, I, that resonates with me. Honestly, there's a lot of shit that the governments of the world are sitting on. And they'll you'll never hear about it. I think it's a lot like um, the Majestic 12 thing. Yeah. But even the president doesn't know. He's no. just the puppet. He's just or puppet. She. That's all he, he is. He or she is just the puppet behind the people controlling everything that's going on. Absolutely. Completely, you know, on point. Yeah. Right. Anything else? Uh, no, that was um, that was okay. Essentially, that was What's sunshine and fallout, not sunshine, sunshine and rainbows. Lollipops and yeah. radiation. Yeah, lots of radiation. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, okay. give us the uh, fallout in the form of a comment right. or a like or a subscribe. <laughs> yeah, um, as always, uh, you can find the podcast. Well, we have, actually have a topic request form. So if there's something specifically that you would like us to cover, you can go onto that, um, just write the topic down. Um, if you would like to be acknowledged, just chuck in your name or however and however you'd like to be referred to as using your pronouns. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, what else is there? Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at controlsandcouches at gmail.com. Uh, I got an email the other day from... Uh, Podbean saying that we had been put on the Overcast network. What? So that's another podcast platform ah. that we don't necessarily yeah. use ourselves. But yeah. apparently you guys do nice. because we've been getting, like, I think since it went up, um, a lot of people have been listening to us through that. Which is good. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, we have, yeah... That's that. He's Full Metal Chicken. I'm Steph Afar. Yep, yep. I'm bouncing because I'm going to do some shipment. Yep. After I decide what I want for dinner. And also, too, regarding of like patients and people getting sick, Kim Jong ill. Is he now Kim Jong dead? Let's or have a look what we don't we know. Be. We would never need to know, though, because no. we're not there. No. And no offense to the Supreme Leader. Just, you know. Calm down. South Korea. I mean, North Korea. I mean, DMZ. I mean, what? <laughs> Bad place. Yeah. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Apparently, he well, reappeared at a factory opening. Wow. Uh, apparently, he's a clone. people are saying that there was no surgery. Ah. There shouldn't be any speculation over his health. Wow. He finally emerged back onto the world stage this week after a 20-day absence, which led to much speculation about his health and well-being. Great. Smoking and walking briskly, the vision of Mr. Kim opening a fertilizer factory outside Pyongyang, released by North Korean state media, put rumours that he was gravely ill or dead to bed. But that wasn't quite enough to solve the mystery surrounding why he had been absent for so long. 
questions over his health. Some analysts were quick to point out that this has happened before. Mr. Kim has suffered issues and disappeared in the past. And just like other times when he re-emerged with a cane, there were some clues that might explain his absence. For whatever the reason, Kim was back and ready to let the world know he was in control. We're likely to know what never happened. We're likely, we'll likely never know what really happened. Yeah, never know. Maybe you put it on his Twitter. Um, some like there were pictures of him in what looked like a really upscale golf cart, and he had like he lower in the wrist. Um, when I say lower in the wrist, like I mean by hinge joint. Yeah. He had a red mark, and people are saying, "Oh, um, is that where his IV was?" Possibly. Like instead of being higher up to your elbow, it was lower down near his wrist. Yeah. Yay. There we go. Maybe he was... Like, you wouldn't know because he they dress very modestly with the buttons literally up to the chin. So it's like you're going to see yeah. the scar. You won't. You won't. And everything in that place isn't locked down anyway. Woo. So, there we have it. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Um, Thank you very much for watching. Live long and prosper. Yep. May the force be with you. Yep. And you say, and also with you. And also with the crackers, yes. And uh, for everything else is MasterCup. Um, but, uh, yeah. So uh, Have a day quick. Have a good one. And uh, we will see you in the next episode, which will be yeah. episode 44. Or if you reverse that, it will be episode 44. <gasps> really? Really, I know, right? Amazing. Maze balls. Yep. Wow. And uh, to the kind comment we received ages ago, yes, we are just two, you know, Muppets talking shit. Yep, absolutely. Educated shit. Well, actually, a lot of people have been saying, oh, my God, I really love your content. Thank yeah. you. Keep it up. So we've been doing yeah, pretty we're well. Doing well. We're doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. So uh, on that note, adios, muchachos. We are out. Or in the words of Mr. Gigi, I am Mr. Gigi. But... <laughs> Next level. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And uh, yeah, so signing out. Back to the chicken. Mr. Gigi, if you are listening, not that I'm saying you ever would listen to this podcast. You're a boss. We're uh, real massive fans. Yeah, yeah. And um, we really wish that you did more horror movie reviews. Yeah, more Even horror movie reviews. movies. Yeah. Because um, we... Oh, and stuff like your Dybbuk box. Yeah. Unboxing. Hilarious. Because we love, literally... The comedy. We rewatched them after a few months because we pretend to act like we've never seen it before. Yeah. Because you don't have blood enough to have yeah. taste. Absolutely. But so, you're a dank boss, and yeah. you can talk about Raid Shadow Legends. Absolutely dumb. And Asphalt. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, on that note, we're out. Adios. <laughs>